Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. This is oh, my no, mom. I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this. For trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy. No punching here, Nancy. Uh, don't swing this way. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. I'm glad to say that I do not talk to Candace Owens every day. I'm Nick Sperry. That one, okay, your best one out of all of these. We we're going we were gonna to cut these out, man, but I tell you what, that's your best one. We'll get more on that later on in the program. Uh, first, Nick, on today's show, the January 6th committee, they had its final hearing. You just heard Nancy Pelosi there. And some of the clips that were played by the January 6th committee, a surprise plot twist that happened at the end. Nick and I will react to some of the highlights from that hearing. And also what happens now, now that the committee just had their last hearing wrap up. Plus, Herschel Walker thinks he's Te- Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, Nick and I will discuss more of the midterm debates happening in key races across the states. If you missed Herschel Walker busting out a badge, uh, don't wait because we're going to play that clip later on in our second segment. Uh, Mr. Severi, how are you, my friend? How's everything going? We're, we're good, you know, just gearing up for DC. Obviously, uh, you and I are excited. We're going to get a chance to do a walkthrough this week to get yeah. ready for just everyone that's going to come see us. I've had a lot of people reach out, uh, either confirming that they're coming or just wanting to hear more about the event. So we're, yeah, we're pumped here. Um, yeah, it's so, gonna be fun. Yeah, life, life, life is life is good here. It's gonna be a lot of fun, dude. I was watching uh, earlier today. I got upset. You and I have been texting about the Kanye, you know, clip that's making the rounds that he was on, you know, Noriega, the former rappers uh, podcast, Drink Champs. If you haven't, the episode has not dropped yet. I'm not sure if they're even dropping the episode or not, but they normally come out on Mondays. And um, there's a clip going around of Kanye just, I mean, off his rocker and talking about, you know, Derek Chauvin didn't really have his knee that that much on, uh, on uh, George Floyd's neck. And I don't know why people keep giving platforms to this and speaking of that then i merge into the sunday shows and i'm watching dana bash on cnn have carrie lake on we've covered her ad nauseum on this show um we won't have her on this show why would we i don't believe in having somebody that doesn't believe in sky is blue and sun is yellow and i just don't understand why these outlets these national outlets continue to give candidates a platform to you know, spout whatever they want. Like you, you. It's one thing I get it. They're running for a key seat. She's running for governor of a state. So I, there's a fine line of I need to cover this person, right? They're running for the highest office in this state's land. Then there's another part of it. It's like I can't have this person on. This person doesn't believe 
in factual information and the truth. And the biggest, uh, I don't know if you heard the interview, but she asked her about the border crossings and migrants, and she gives her a stat from DHS. And she goes, no, that, that stat is flat out wrong. There are millions coming in. These are facts. And she's like, okay, so cite me your sources. And she's like, no, I'll send them to you after this. Come on, give me a break, man. Like, I don't understand. I know you wanted to chime in on that, but like, I, I just don't understand why these outlets are giving them that platform. Like, let them do that stuff on OAN. Like, let, that's what Newsmax and OAN are for. Let those people live in those silos. Those are very small numbers of folks that watch those channels. Let them live over there. Like, why, why do you need to put that on right, right after you put on a serious, you know, person? I don't, I never understand it. Yeah, it's it's the chase for it's the chase for numbers. You know, you it's I mean, you've given two examples right here, right? We talked about Noriega's show where you were talking about it. You know, you have someone like Kanye on who says all this wild stuff. You know, and again, we heard this with the Harry Tubman thing. You know, for those who didn't pay attention, um, I think Kanye had said something crazy about, you know, she didn't really free the slaves. Um, something, yeah, something re- historically highly inaccurate you know carrie lake that same clip mike that you're talking about she was asked point blank by dana bash you know if the results come in like would you trust them right and she said exactly what the former president said you know like you will not agree to that and it's it's dangerous folks like we're getting in a place now where a campaign strategy for some politicians is to immediately question or not even give any credence to election results and before anyone wants to send us messages and feel free to do so at can we please talk podcast gmail.com. That's right. About you know, am I being right leaning on this? I heard this in 2016 after Bernie Sanders had lost and tons of Bernie fans came out and said, well, the election is rigged. This is stolen. And folks, that's the first time I remember hearing about that in a U.S. based election. We, now, now we're seeing that the Republicans have taken that corner, you know, shout out to Marlo Stanfield. And they, that's what that's what they run on. You mean, yeah. again, in Pennsylvania, we see Mastrano you know, as a Jan Sixer. Um, I, like this is a constant thing. But, Mike, to your point, yeah, it's just there's this perception that if we don't give space to the carry lakes of the world, you know, we become too left leaning. We're becoming, you know, so we don't get that audience. And to your point, the hell with those audience. Yeah, Let them it, go to Newsmax. Let them go to OAN. Correct. It's not your job to be uninformed. Right. Or to give space to that. We talked about this this morning. We were texting about Kanye. Why give that why give that person a platform if he's going to speak in falsehoods? Yeah. And and uh, yeah, like, you know, and I, no, I would no. ask the same question to Dana Bash and CNN. I was gonna say, I mean, and it's a question that we're gonna bring up on the panel of journalists that we have in DC, but like um, again, I'm all for Republicans and conservatives to come on this program. Like we've had, we've had a bunch, and we've had people fan feedback from people being like, oh, that person was pretty yeah down the middle like that yeah that's that's what our goal is i'm not trying to <laughs> if you if you hear something that placates to a sensitivity or it's it's in polar opposite of what you're accustomed to for you to just label it as liberal or left leaning that's that's a you problem that's not a me problem that's a you problem so maybe you should go to those other shows and stuff like that but like i again i just I'm all for you want to have like Pat Toomey on, you want to have Mitt Romney on, you want to have traditional Republicans, uh, as as Bill Maher coins it, the classic Republicans on that can talk about policy measures and things like that. I'm all for that. But like somebody that doesn't believe sky is blue and sun is yellow, like and when they're confronted with a data point says that number is wrong, I'll send you mines later on. 
come on, man. Like, I, I shouldn't even have to make that argument. Yeah, one more point before we get to our first segment here. You know, one of the best clips we've seen recently was from an interview John Stewart had done with, I don't know if it was the Secretary of Health. She was a health official in the state of Arkansas. Right. And she had, you know, spouted, you know, doctors have come before talking about abortion and, you know, why. Actually, sorry, this wasn't about abortion. This was about uh, transgender rights. And, you know, here's Stewart spout, you know, bringing up, you know, what the American Medical Association has said, you know, what all these different medical or- organizations have spoken to. And my wife, who's a physician, as I showed her the clip, is just nodding her head like she's familiar with these same findings, you know. But when he corners this person, this representative from the state of Arkansas on these questions, her response is, well, I don't have that information. I didn't think this was a Supreme Court hearing, which is just stupid. And I'll send you the information after, which is the classic thing, because you're going to come here and say, well, these doctors have said all this stuff. That's cool. Are they associated with something to the equivalent of the American Medical Association? No. Then then who are you talking to? And if not to have it here and just say after the fact, you'll send it to me. Don't bother sending it because it's probably nonsense to begin with. Yeah, it was the Arkansas attorney general, actually, that he was talking to. And yeah, I, I watched that interview. And it's true. In real time, he was giving, you know, the AMA and what other uh, medical associations or boards have uh, done in terms of statistics around the point he was talking to. And she couldn't dispute any of it. And all she just kept was speaking in generalities. Right. Similar to what the president said, the former president, Donald Trump. With, you know, a lot of people, tons of people, some people, you know, as, as he always does. Speaking of which, let's transition into the former president as the January 6th committee hearings wrapped up. What a segue. Um, so much misinformation and disinformation. The committee is trying to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. Again, you want to live in the ethos of January 6th is not that important. We're going to get into that as well with some polling that has been done around that a great Al Jazeera article that I'm going to get to in a second. But first, Let's play some of the highlights from the hearing. If you missed it this past week, again, the last hearing for the January 6th committee, uh, kind of going into everything that happened on January 6th. Take a listen. A few days before the election, Mr. Trump also consulted with one of his outside advisors, inside activist Tom Fitton, about the strategy for election night. The select committee got this pre-prepared statement from the National Archives. As you can see, the draft statement, which was sent on October 31st, declares, we had an election today, and I won. A newly obtained Secret Service message from that day shows how angry President Trump was about the outcome. Quote, just FYI, POTUS is pissed. Breaking news, Supreme Court denied his lawsuit. He is livid now. The documents we obtained from the Secret Service make clear that the crowd outside the magnetometers was armed and the agents knew it. We are obligated to seek answers directly from the man who set this all in motion. And every American is entitled to those answers so we can act now to protect our republic. So this afternoon, I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump. Mr. Chairman, on this vote, there are nine ayes and zero noes. The resolution is agreed to. The committee wrapping up, like I mentioned, uh, that, that committee hearing was this past Thursday. The subpoena for President, the former President Trump has not been issued yet. It's expected to come out probably as you're listening to this taping 
here on a Monday morning. Uh, the committee voted unanimously to issue a subpoena to him uh, to get proper documents that the former president should turn over by a date in which he must testify. I mean, then there's some back and forth as to whether or not he would tre- testify in front of a committee. Apparently, according to people close to the Trump camp, whoever the hell that is, uh, that they would say he would do this in a live setting, you know, uninterrupted with you know no commercial breaks or anything like that. Um, he also went on True Social to respond, you know, calling it false, reiterating his false claims of widespread voter fraud. Um, so a bunch of stuff there. Um, Nick, what'd you make of the committee's last hearing here on the Thursday? Because the other shocking thing that came out that I didn't play there in that montage was the Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer stuff. Uh, Obviously, there's been a lot of talking points about uh, from the Trump camp specifically. Why didn't Speaker Pelosi do anything and call the National Guard or do X, Y, Z? And fortunately or unfortunately, however you're looking at it, her daughter, who's a famous filmmaker, Alexandra Pelosi, had cameras rolling that day on January 6th. And you can hear Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer as they're leaving. trying to call not only uh, uh, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, um, the sergeant at arms, uh, Vice President Pence, the a- acting attorney general at the time to try to find out everything that's going on, summoning the National Guard, how they can get more security uh, to the Capitol. At first, they thought they were going to have to leave the Capitol. It wouldn't be in any shape to return. So all of this is documented. And then like you heard in the top of the show clip there where she says, uh, I I hope that Trump does come to the Capitol as she's watching the rally on TV because I want to punch him. So there was a lot of surprising things that happened there. But all of this video kind of undermined the argument uh, that other people were making that Speaker Pelosi was silent and didn't do anything on January 6th. Quite the contrary. Her and Chuck Schumer were actually doing a lot. And then there's a funny exchange, by the way, where she's like, I just spoke to the vice president. Chuck Schumer's like, well, I just spoke to the vice president elect. And everyone's like, so what? <laughs> it's like, what do you, this is not a one-up contest, my man. Uh, anyway, um, your overall takeaways on um, the January 6th's last hearing, a lot of the sound that we just played, and then ultimately the issuing of the subpoena for former president Trump. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was, I think it was a perfect way, a perfect send off, you know, to land it with a subpoena. I don't know if he'll appear, um, I think what you were saying about the interest of, you know, getting a live audience and stuff like that feeds to his ego. This is what he's always been about. So we'll see if he shows up. You know, in the end, two things are going to come from this. One is, does this generate enough evidence that goes to the Justice Department? And it seems like it has been to start leading down the course of arrests or um, subpoenas, warrants and what have you. Right. The other side is politically, does this sway anyone? Is there any audience in the middle who sees all this and says, well, that just changed my opinion of the Republican Party or the the president? And there is seemingly a sliver of people that kind of seeing the video, seeing what happened to the Capitol Police, hearing all these testimonies, really just found to be very jarring. Um, But in the end, I think the majority of Americans prior to the hearings taking place have already formed their opinion. Um, so I don't I don't know if it does anything to what Liz Cheney sort of speaking to. But if she's speaking to Justice Department stepping forward and having more additional, well, I mean, ammunition, basically, legally speaking, to use this, then I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, personally speaking, you know, anyone who put their put their feet you know, in the Capitol building or walking up those steps on January 6th should be arrested. Um, 
it was an attack on our democracy. It is an act of a group of people that, much like the president, were willing to ignore the will of the people um, and try to overturn a government. You know, it's not a dust up like Jack Del Rio says and then some others. Um, this is a serious thing. And we should have we needed to have this hearing and find out what's going on. Again, politically doesn't change anything, but um, but I'm glad it happened. And then, you know, while I don't agree with very almost nothing <laughs> that Liz Cheney stands for on this, her representative Kinzinger, um, a lot of folks on that panel, you know, I have all the utmost respect in the world for for doing the right thing and, and really putting this crisis under a microscope to find out what what happened on that day and what led to it. Yeah, I agree. You know, watching January 6th play out in real time when you're watching it on TV and you're like, hey, there's a couple of people that just like walked into the Capitol building and it looked like it was like almost like a tour that got lost. And then all of a sudden, as the day starts unfolding a little bit more, then you're seeing what's playing out outside and uh, and then it starts to get worse and worse. And you you see Trump's Twitter feed. Um, All of that in these committee hearings, my big takeaway from all of them has been just seeing the way they've presented it almost like in story format, right? Like this is what happened a couple of days prior, a couple of weeks prior, the lead up, the build up, then un, un, never before seen footage uh, from inside the Capitol in, in different places. If you remember, there's one of like the Capitol police trying to close that garage door that's automated, but the rioters are throwing things underneath it so that it props back up so they can attack the police officers. There's a lot of crazy things that came from that. But you you mentioned something that I want to get to and get your opinion on, which was, does this sway anybody, right? And there was a great Al Jazeera article recently that came out, I want to say a few weeks back, where they uh, quoted a Monmouth University poll that found that 60% of Republicans still believe that President Joe Biden's election victory was fraudulent. And another Monmouth poll, now this was back in August, the, the, the second Monmouth poll, the first one that I mentioned was in October, found that 80% of Republicans had a positive view of Donald Trump. And according to the director of Monmouth University Polling Institute, who told, who was speaking to Al Jazeera here on the record, he said very few Republicans are even bothering to pay attention to the hearings. The party is now driven by loyalty to Donald Trump, so it's not that much of a surprise. There's a strong partisan undertone to how people take on the information from the hearings, if they take it on at all. Murray also added, according to this article, which you could check out on Al Jazeera, com, He added that the percentage of Americans who blame Trump for the riot has remained largely unchanged since June, with 38% saying Trump is directly responsible, 25% saying he encouraged those involved, and 33% saying he did nothing wrong. 33% saying he did nothing wrong. When you hear numbers like that, we've done, obviously, some informal uh, focus group research stuff. And I've mentioned a couple of times uh, as we're doing these, that democracy and January 6th and your right to vote kind of is way down on the issues list. And you mentioned something to me in our text. I would love to bring it over here, which was, yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. When you're thinking about, you know, putting gas in your car and and going to get groceries, I mean, you have to think of, you know, what's affecting you the most. And that's kind of out of sight, out of mind for folks. What do you make of the Al Jazeera and Monmouth University poll there and some of those numbers? And it kind of speaks to what you're saying. Is this going to sway anybody? Or this seems to be just truly partisan. Yeah, I think um, I'm not surprised, sadly. Um, you know, we're, you've talked to us all the time. You know, sky is blue, sun's yellow. Um, you know, we're in a place as a country right now, we can't agree on very few things. Um, so we see this played out, you know, all these pieces of evidence collected, testimony is shared. Um, you know, but in the end, people basically ignore it. 
you know, you and I talked about it. I mean, these were all televised events, right? But how many people, the first night drew about 20 million views, right? Which is stunning. Um, afterwards, you know, the, the numbers kept diminishing. You know, people have formed their opinion, whether you had the hearing or not. Um, and that's that's very telling about us as, as, a, as a society at this well, point. Real quick, I, I will say, I think the reason numbers have dipped also, though, has been um, minus the partisan stuff, minus the maybe this is not new info, although Nancy Pelosi saying she wanted to punch Donald Trump in the face is kind of new. Um, I would say in the summer, especially it was on a Thursday night, if I recall, um, you don't have that many competing events happening not only from the sports world, from other things that come out in the summer months, normally in television world, the fall and winter are reserved for when things come out on new releases. Uh, and especially there's a lot of sports now happening during the days, major league baseball playoffs are happening throughout the days. Um, so there's a lot of competing things that can kind of take away the attention from viewers, not to, not to get you off your train of thought there, but no, it's, I mean, that, that's valid too. And it also we're talking about in the world of television. Right. I mean, there's so many different options for your eyes and ears, um, you know, but you brought up a moment ago of like, what is the primary um, thing that's driving people to the polls? Right. And and yes, there is the one side of economics about the price of gas, which continues to drop, by the way, um, inflation. Right. And then there's the other side to this about, you know, a women's, you know, women's reproductive rights. Right. Election integrity. Yeah. But. I think this is kind of a gamification about these priorities that we see these polling companies do where something has to be won, right? Like there's no way you're going to get a tie. So we're going to look at this and see, you know, where where these things all rank, but it very much becomes a matter of the demographic that you're a part of. You know, if you are a younger voter in this country, a woman's right to choose probably ranks a little highly for you than it is for uh, someone of an older generation. And regardless of all that, it's a question of, are people registering to vote? You know, are they going to show up over the next couple of weeks? So those priorities will continue to change. Um, it's it is just stunning to me because as we're seeing, you know, folks like Carrie Lake, they're election deniers and and will not even basically sound as though they don't take elections seriously you know, unless they win, of course. Um, that should raise an alarm. I mean, our entire government is based on a essentially a, a belief that. You know, whoever gets the most wins, most votes wins, or if you have an electoral college, right? But we're in a place where estimated about 40% of Americans just don't trust the system. And and that isn't going to change anytime soon. And that's definitely the deal with the devil that the Republicans have made with this president. At the same time, you have Republicans who have fought this and who unfortunately are leaving office or losing elections. And that says a lot about where the party is going, unfortunately. Um, but you know, we all have an opportunity to do something over the next coming weeks or even starting now. You know, people are starting to do their mail-in ballots. So, you know, the only opportunity left is to save this democracy by participating in it. That's right. Uh, when we come back after the break, we'll take a look at one of those races happening in Georgia. A huge debate that just happened on Friday. If you didn't catch any of it between uh, Herschel Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock, Nick and I will discuss when we come back after the break. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. 
The presenting sponsor of Can We Please Talk is Fresh Roasted Coffee. Since 2009, their passion has been bringing you gourmet coffees from all over the world. You know how much Nick and I drink coffee. We love it here. I'm a K-Cup guy. Nick's that French press guy over there. Uh, right, Nick? You're a French press guy. I am. But I've also used a, Ke- a Chemex. I've also used right. a percolator like most people do. Yeah, But regardless of your type of grind, Fresh Roasted Coffee's got you covered. In addition to single origin blends, Mike's a Colombian person. I'm a Sumatra drinker. They've also got a variety of flavors. You can also get sampler packs, too. I'm all about the sampler packs. But most importantly, let's say coffee is not your thing. If you're a tea person, mm-hmm. they got you covered too, That's Mike. Right. They cover all their bases. So go there and learn about your your learn about your coffee style. You go there to a three, four question quiz. You'll find out what coffee is recommended for you. So you're learning something in addition to buying something. But as a listener, there's an additional benefit for buying from Fresh Roast Coffee. Look at this man. This man sets up the softball. I hit it out of the park. It is true. Um, if you take that questionnaire that's on their site, it's awesome. And it gets you right into the flavor profile that, that matches you best with the coffee that you should be buying. But you want to enter a promo code at checkout. Put all that stuff into the cart there. Enter in the promo to- promo code. Excuse me. Can we get 20? Can we get 20? This offer is valid for new fresh roasted coffee and positively tea customers. You're going to get 20% discount on any and all coffee and tea unless otherwise specified code is not valid for branded merchandise or coffee gear one use per customer head to freshroastedcoffee.com today all right nick friday was a a funny (laughs) if you did not see the clips of this or you weren't watching this live uh, Raphael warnock and herschel walker had their first and only debate on friday in a debate punctuated as much by theatrics as real issues they faced off for the first time in a crucial uh, Georgia race here for the Senate. Um, right now, as of polling data, if neither of these guys reaches 50% threshold, there would be a runoff, similar to how uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff both won uh, in 2020. This debate, I mean, there was a bunch of different things that the that the uh, speak the moderator, excuse me, asked them question-wise around policy. There was some long-winded answers, a lot of word salad. Uh, and then there was some props and theatrics that got introduced. If you didn't see the clip of Herschel Walker busting out a badge, you didn't see it. You want to hear it? Take a listen to this. If elected, what is one idea, one idea that you would champion to reduce inflation? We ask you to be specific. You have 60 seconds. Well, first of all, you have to blame this administration and Senator Warnock because within two years, this inflation has gotten worse. They uh, cut our energy uh, independence. They also raise taxes. And at the same time, they're reckless spending all our money. So he would sit here tonight and say that he's doing a good job for us. And you ask me, what is one job I would do to uh, help the inflation? First of all, we've got to become independent, uh, energy independent again. And the reason why, we're going to our enemies to ask for gas and oil. And that puts us not just in an inflation problem, but it puts us in a national security problem. And I think that's something that I think Senator Warnock need to realize. And he mentioned that he grew up here in Savannah with 12 siblings, with 12 siblings. Well, in this area, most people live paycheck to paycheck. And when you have inflation the way he's brought inflation on, how in the world can you buy grocery or gas? One thing I have not done, I've never pretended to be a police officer. <laughs> and and, and I've, never, I've never threatened 
a shootout with the police. And now I have to respond to that. We are are moving on, gentlemen. I have to respond to that. And you know what's so funny? I am work with many police officers, (laughs) and at the same time, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, excuse me, Mr. Walker, please, out of respect, I I need to let you know, Mr. Walker, you are very well aware of the rules tonight. Yes. And you have a prop. Yes. That is not allowed, sir. His wife filed a lawsuit asking for increased child support, saying that she had to pay for child care on days that your duties as a senator interfered with your parenting time and citing significant increases in your income. In 30 seconds, what is your response to that lawsuit? Listen, I, um, I went through a divorce, like a lot of people. And while that was a painful period, what came out of that was two amazing children that I just talked to before I came on this stage. And um, my children know that I am with them and for them and that I support them in every single way. Recent ads have highlighted allegations of past domestic violence. They've raised questions about how transparent you've been as far as your resume. In one minute, how do you respond to voters who question your integrity, both personally and professionally? Uh, First of all, I've been very transparent. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I say I had a mental problem and I'd be a champion for mental health because so many people suffer from mental health. But to have people like Senator Warnock that demonize mental health, when I want to tell everyone out there, you can get help. Don't listen to Senator Warnock and his people. You can get help. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. But the problem with the truth, you just saw it. You just saw it because he won't answer that about evicting the people from the church. Can I just say something for my own edification here? If if you are listening to Herschel Walker speak and you're a true, true, true conservative, and I'm not talking about the MAGA Republicans, I'm talking like you're a moderate Republican and you're sitting there listening and trying to figure out, like the moderator asked him, can you speak in specificities here and like really explain to me what we need to do? <laughs> and you go, that's my guy. Oof. I don't know. I don't know how you could listen to that and say, that's the guy who I think can actually work on policy measures with other senators uh, in the, in the chambers. Um, There's a great article on Forbes, by the way, from Robert Rapier. Um, This was back, I I believe a a few months back about is the U S still energy independent and how the U S is net imports um, has gone down since 2005 under the Obama administration in terms of the millions of barrels per day that we would import for gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. And then it declined under Trump even further and how under President Biden, it has um, kind of risen back up. You should go check out that article because if you want to find out about energy independence, that's a great article and starting point. Um, A bunch of different things there that played out in that debate. If you heard the laughing, that was when uh, Herschel Walker busted out a badge and said, you know, I am, have worked with <laughs> police officers. He is obviously, he claimed at Cobb County, uh, he's worked with that sheriff's department, apparently according to Cobb County, he's never worked with them. And also that's an honorary badge that he has similar to how universities will give, you know, their keynote speaker, an honorary degree. Uh, they didn't actually graduate from there. So they, we shouldn't be flashing it that you graduated from that school. You didn't go there. Right. And that's kind of like the same thing with the badge. What do you make of everything that happened in that debate? Because we've been covering a bunch of the debates that have been happening across different States. We had the, the JD Vance and Tim Ryan one 
Last week, we talked about, you know, the Ron Johnson, Mandela Barnes one. Here's Walker and Warnock. We're going to discuss more as, as they happen. It looks like Fetterman and John and Dr. Oz are going to have one soon. Um, this one, maybe this one may take the cake and we haven't, we're not even halfway through. Um, just that exchange has been has gone viral. And some of the memes that have come out, I mean, it's, it's hysterical. I'm sorry. But like when you when you get down to all of it and you wipe out the theatrics, I love that the moderator got right to it and said, you have specifics. I hated that he said you have 60 seconds because 60 seconds is not enough time to cover specifics, but um, you have 60 seconds. Please speak in specificities. Tell me how you would help uh, reduce inflation or some of the issue. I forget what the question was. And it was just a word salad of an answer. And I, again, for me personally, if I was a voter in the state of Georgia and I heard that, I, I would be like, yeah, give me the other guy. Uh, what, what did you make of, of some of the debate there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's silly. Um, I mean, Warnock, like a lot of Republican candidates, just really rattle off the same talking points, none of which are really policy based. It's just, you know, the Democrats are evil and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, the, the badge thing is just funny, but it's also endemic of what we've seen with um, in the last couple of weeks. You know, these stories come out about, um, you know, the former running back you know, paying for abortions and threatening his family and and all this stuff and all these things come up um, that seems to fly in the face of everything he represents, you know, to the party and what he's trying to represent as himself as a candidate. So he's untrustworthy. Um, the bad thing was just silly. You know, the laughter that you heard sounded almost as though this was an SNL skit. I mean, there were people who really just you know, had a full blown guffaw you know, as they saw this because this is not a serious candidate. Um, there was a great clip recently of Bill Maher talking about Herschel Walker and really just tearing his entire argument to pieces. And, you know, Maher, you can criticize him all you want. And he's definitely you know become more willing to demonize Democrats these days. But he brings up a lot of salient points. This is just not a serious candidate. And, and I've said this several times. You know, we have several people running for Republicans or you know running for the Republican Party that are really just cut from the same cloth as Trump. You know, they are political outsiders, but they have such a checkered past and a very odd pattern of just being untruthful, saying the silliest of things that these are the dangerous kind of folks that you would want to be in elected houses because they don't have the competency or capability of really doing anything for the benefit of people. So um it's just a really telling thing. We're seeing a lot of these kind of cartoon characters. But yeah, there was nothing there. I, I laughed too when I saw the badge. And it's just, but it's con, it's consistent with a pattern of behavior. And we talked about this with Kanye earlier. Like, this isn't the first go round. Um, he just happened to be going up against someone who is much more graceful than, say, I or you would be if we were up there in the form of Reverend Warnock, who will simply stick to the t stick to his respective points and, you know, the the successes of the Biden administration and challenges too, uh, and what he's done, you know, himself as a senator for the last two years, uh, but not necessarily go after the fraud who is about six feet to his right, which I think is what you should do with folks like this. Um, yeah, so Walker's skating on, and right now Walker's polling at about three percent behind Warnock. It's a close enough race, and. You know, I'm not going to take up a lot of airspace here to talk about what I would say to folks in Georgia who are supporters of Walker. It's to, it's to say that if this has anything to do with your faith, then you are being false to it. If this has anything to do with policy, then you are also being false about this. This is simply that this is a person who represents your party and your whatever version of ideology is in this current version. Um, and it does not matter how much of a more qualified candidate Raphael Warnock is, you've already made your decision. And 
that may be that's an ongoing theme for this episode is my mind's made up that that's what we keep seeing version after version of it is no matter what information you put in front of people people have already made their decisions polling doesn't matter debates don't matter um and i'm really fascinated by who is the sliver in the middle that sees all this and says you know what on second thought yeah herschel walker's not my guy i'd be stunned i'd be stunned if someone in that debate came out of it and said i'm a change person like you weren't paying attention so far yeah there are so many seats up for election uh up in the house 35 senate seats that are open there's 36 states electing governors um, there's a bunch of close races that are being watched. According to this Quinnipiac University poll that I was reading recently, you've got, you know, Governor Kemp and Stacey Abrams, whenever they do have their debate, um, that's a slim margin right now, at least as of the latest polling you got in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott and, and Beto O'Rourke, seven point margin there, according to the Quinnipiac poll. Uh, if you don't know what the Quinnipiac poll is, obviously Quinnipiac University up in Connecticut. Uh, is an independent, nonpartisan, national and statewide public opinion poll. Um, so there's a lot uh, of races going on. I think at the last check with that Quinnipiac poll, if I remember correctly, uh, Herschel Walker, uh, Warnock had a six point lead over Herschel Walker. But again, a close race. And there's going to be a lot of debates happening um, over the next couple of weeks. We have a few members of Congress that will be on the program in the coming weeks. After our live show in D.C., one may even be on our live show in D.C., so stay tuned for that. Uh, we leave it there, Nick. Uh, as always, I can't thank everybody enough for listening to this program. You want more of it, video content, head over to our YouTube channel, type in Can We Please Talk Podcast. You can check out all the interviews we've done on, on our show, audio podcast platforms you know by now, Apple, Spotify, Google. Leave us a five-star view and comment, please. Uh, ACAST, shout out to them, our hosting platform. We can't do it without them. Can't do it without the listeners who we will see live in D.C. Uh, on Thursday, October 27th, City Tap House between 5 to 8 p.m. Come on down and check out Mr. Zaveri and myself. As always, I am Mike Leon. Coffee drinkers, freshroadscoffee.com. Make sure you're going there. Anyone who's left comments on all of our social media channels, thank you for doing so. Mike is paying attention and certainly lets me know the wildness going on and the appreciation as well. Um, again, can we please talk podcast at gmail.com. Comments, please engage with us. We enjoy the discourse wherever your leanings are in gratitude uh, and encouraging you all be involved in the process. Don't just complain about it. I'm Nick Saveri. Can we get 20s that fresh roasted coffee? Get a discount. Get that coffee in there. We'll see everybody next time.